My guest today, Amy Paffrath, is a woman of many talents. Not only have you seen her on shows like Two Broke Girls and Hot in Cleveland, she's a staple in several horror movie franchises. More on that later. And as if that wasn't enough, she's hosted on shows like Drone Racing League, Dating Naked, and Jersey Shore After Hours. And much like when I hear the song Steal My Sunshine by Len, hanging out with Amy always puts a smile on my face that lasts the entire day. So, reporting live from the Brentfast studio in sunny California... We've got Amy Pavrath today on Breakfast. Pick it up. Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Breakfast. This young lady just smashed the lids on all these cakes in the bakery section. <laughs> My uh, guest today. Oh, I'm going to need to hear all about that. He adds character to my crew. <laughs> As you just said, you're not a prostitute. What? Welcome to Breakfast with Brent Pope. Great place to hang out and good food, too. I'm always playing blue-collar guys. Somebody screwed through the pipe. I wouldn't jump up and down until we stabilize the hydraulics. Some salsa and some sour cream and some guacamole. Who doesn't love that? It's Breakfast time. The only show where bacon, pancakes, Hollywood. I'm your host, Brent Pope. Amy Paffrath, welcome to the studio. Thank you. That was quite an introduction. Oh, I'm very flattered. Thank you. Well, it's all true. <laughs> so we met when we were doing a, a sketch show called Top Story Weekly at the now defunct iOS. Yes. R.I.P. I know. Poor uh, one out. Right. We uh, we both did a lot of impressions and characters in that show. Is there one for you that sticks out as your favorite one to do? Yeah, I love doing Miley Cyrus. Oh, Miley, Miley was Cyrus one of my faves. Great. It was. She's just such a fun person to play because she always gives you such great yeah. material. Nice. <laughs> yeah. I remember, like for me, I used to love it when you would play Nancy. Pelosi. Oh, thank yeah. you. Nancy was fun too. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, now Nancy is very much. Wow, imagine we're doing the show now. I know. Just be doing Nancy be Pelosi fire. every week. Yes. <laughs> thank you. That's a little uh, under underground one that That's, I did. Uh, yeah, yeah. So you've done a lot of horror genre movies. You're in the, the, the Thinning series, yes. uh, The Perch, Anarchy. Freshwater, which is with our friend Christopher Bewer. Yeah. Uh, the Evil Bong series, yes. which is highly underrated. Uh, <laughs> Agreed. Why, why do you think you get cast in uh, these type of projects? You know, it's interesting because I'm never really the scream queen in any of them. Yeah. Uh, Freshwater, I'd say I have the most crying scenes. Um, but yeah, I'm not cast because of my ability to scream or have a b- blood-curdling scream. I don't really know why. In The Thinning and in uh, The Purge, I play a reporter. So I think that career path for me has really benefited me of slipping into these movies. Um, So it's really fun to get to play that role in both of these, and especially in The Thinning because she has more of a Gail Weathers type of persona, like in Scream, and I loved that about her. Um, Wendy Banks. So, yeah, I, just different reasons for different ones. Charlie Band, the Evil Bong franchise, I'm a personal friend of his. So I got cast in yeah. that very early on in my career. My agent was like, I don't know what this movie is, but if you want to go in for it. And I was like, hell yeah, I want to go in for that. My friends back at home would love a movie called Evil Bong. I have to say, I'm a little distracted because there's uh, both a baby <laughs> and a Broadway star in, you know, on the other side of the glass here in the studio. It's true. Your it's baby, true. Ember. Yes. And I'm- your husband, Drew Seeley, I mean, Broadway star, <laughs> yeah. great voice. Uh, he should be in this chair more than me. But uh, We will have him sometime. You will have him sometime. They're both amazing. I love my husband. We have a new baby. She's almost six months, which is incredible and crazy that it happened. It went that fast. People always say that it goes by that fast, and here we are. So, Well, they always say that that it really changes everything about, you know, the whole— how, how has it changed for you, like, 
acting-wise and career-wise, what has that done? Yeah, I mean, honestly, I think having a child does give you a different capacity to feel love, which is very true. It kind of rips your heart open. People say it's like your heart living outside of your chest. I think that's very true. Also, it just gives me, I think, more presence because when I'm with her, I have to be very present. She's a little human being that needs my constant attention. And if I veer off or if I'm not 100% there with her, something could happen to her. So it's it's reminded me to be in the moment where I am, which helps in my work because as an actor, being in the moment and discovering and exploring and feeling free is so important. So it's given me that levity and that reminder to when I go in a room, when I'm auditioning, when I'm to just fully be there and to embrace those opportunities because they're not I'm not getting as many. When I was pregnant, I didn't audition at all, which was a real bummer because I thought, I'm totally cute right now, and I'm really on my game, and I'm super healthy. And they're just, you know, they'd rather hire someone and put a belly on you because of a liability. So um, not a lot of roles for pregnant women. So it's good to be back in there. So I take every opportunity, and I run with it, and I'm super grateful for it. Not that I wasn't before, but, you know, when you're going out a lot, you're kind of, like, going through the motions sometimes and, like— I don't know, maybe just not enjoying it as much, maybe getting in your head a little bit. And now I'm just, I get to play this role this one time in this room. And if that's it, that's enough. Yeah. Yeah. Well, congrats. You know, you have like the whole, you have the most beautiful family I've ever seen. Of course. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you. So one thing you're known for, you're you're doing some stuff on entertainment tonight. Yes. I'm doing a segment uh, with a company called Morning Save. It's a segment called VIP Steals. It's on ET Weekend, which is amazing because it's very full circle for me. I started interning at Entertainment Tonight in 2004. That was my first toe in the water in Hollywood. It's what gave me that drive to come back and live here. I lived here for that summer when I was interning, and I went back to school, and then I knew I was coming back because I loved it. I got a little trial run with L.A. So to now be working at Entertainment Tonight, being on air, that was literally one of my biggest goals. So I'm doing that which is super fun. Um, I talk about different products, which is really cool. I have a new house, so they send me all these products, and I get to just stock my house with all kinds of cool stuff, like air fryers and sheets and lanterns for the backyard that are also Bluetooth speakers. So it's a really fun product integration, and I'm really much enjoying that. Well, one thing I want to talk about very quickly, just because I have a little thing that I want to ask you. you. You also hosted a show called Jersey Shore After Hours. I sure did. Right? Yes. So here's my question for you, being a new mother. <laughs> Who, if you had among the guys, who would be the best babysitter of all the guys on the Jersey Shore? Oh my Shore? gosh, that's so funny. Um, I think Polly would be really fun. He'd be like the really fun uncle, and Vinny would also be really good because he's very patient. But I think Ember might fall in love with him because he's so attractive, and yeah. and and then that would be a weird thing. He lost for her, her forever for her yeah. growing up <laughs> in love with her babysitter. That's so right. it's it's tricky territory. <laughs> that's funny. I was on a plane, gosh, when was it? About about six months ago. And just flipping through, you know, what you watch on the plane. And all of a sudden, I see this show that I never heard of before called Drone Racing League. Yeah. And I'm sitting there watching. I was like, this is kind of cool. And then I was like, wait, there's Amy <laughs> uh, hosting you're, the show. You're not the first person to tell me that you saw that on a plane, which is so interesting to me. It started out on ESPN2, and now it's on NBC. So you so might just up. see it on the seat back of your plane. Yeah, I was working in New York when Drew was doing Jersey Boys on Broadway. Yeah. I was just doing a little show um, for a company at Microsoft called Mixer. They would do live gaming tournaments. And so the guy, Tony Budding, who founded Drone Racing League, saw my tape from that and wanted a new girl to come out and do sideline reporting. And he called me out of nowhere, offers me this gig. I was so excited for it because it's my first foray into sports and it's a very new sport. 
So I was concerned that, like, I don't know anything about drone racing. Right. He's like, nobody knows anything about drone racing. It's so <laughs> new that you're going to learn along with everybody else. So it's literally, like, on-the-field training. And I've gotten to travel to some incredible places with this and met the most brilliant minds that are operating these drones. And I think the potential of this sport is huge. It's so fledgling. It's such in its beginning stages. It's going to be a co-ed sport eventually. Which is amazing because the playing field is, you know, very even. It can be men, women. It can be differently abled as well, which is just such an interesting pocket to be in and just an exciting sport to be a part of. It's the sport of the future. So I'm excited to see where that goes. Interesting. So I'm assuming uh, I watched one episode of it. I'm assuming there are superstars in the sport. Who are the superstars of the Drone Racing League? Yeah, well, there is a guy named Jet who is a two-time world champion. one T or two T's? One T. Okay. So I almost one, expected yeah. to have like two or three yeah. T's just because. It's... <laughs> I know. Yeah, because all the gamer tags have right. like, there's a guy named Fluxy, and I think he has multiple X's in his name. I could be wrong about that, but I know what you mean. Then there's Gab707. His name's Gabriel in real life. Um, those guys are really top of their game. There's there's others, too, that are just now kind of breaking through. Fluxy is one of them. He won one of the sim tournaments last year in Vegas and became a drone pilot. So they can literally play a video game and then now be thrust into this actual real practical environment of flying real drones. So it's such a cool sport. Interesting. I, these guys are rock stars yeah. among their peers. It's incredible. Something I find so interesting about you and your career is that they seem to put you, when you're hosting things, they seem to put you in any kind of situation and you're always kind of comfortable in it. <laughs> like you got the drone racing thing, like you said, you don't really know much about it. You hosted a show called, uh, it was an MTV show called Dating Naked. VH1, but yes. Oh, I said VH1. Yes, yes. Yeah, How family. dare I mix up Viacom VH1. family. You got it right. <laughs> Yeah, I have had the weirdest experiences, and I think having a chaotic childhood kind of prepared me for that. Like, just rolling with it, just going with the flow, and knowing that these opportunities are so random, but they're so cool. There's stuff that in my wildest dreams I couldn't have dreamed up. If people don't know, Dating Naked is exactly what it sounds like. You're on an island, Uh you were hosting a show, you were not naked. I was not naked. all the daters on on the show... We're naked. There was a main dater, and they would go on three dates, (laughs) and they were all naked. Yeah, it's true. The concept sounds super wacky, and when you see it at home, it's all blurred. So you don't see what I see, but in real life, they're naked. They're not blurred in real life? They're not blurred. (laughs) Can you imagine? I know. They're not wearing, like, nude panties and just faking it. No. Or what do they call those? Merkins? Yeah, the Merkins. That's (laughs) right. No Merkins on our set. Yeah, it's been... it's, It's... been a challenge of my focus. I have to know exactly what to focus on and how to stay present in the moment. Again, a reminder of being present and grounded. (laughs) Well, let me ask you this, and we're going to talk about your comedy stuff in a second. In addition to all your, you know, hosting and reporting, you do all these TV and film uh, appearances. Are there things that cross over between those two worlds? And uh, do you think there's a thing that, a similar thing in both that traits that make you successful in both? Yeah, that's an interesting question because when I first started, I think people were skeptical that there was going to be crossover. You're either one or the other, you know, but now with social media and with influencers and YouTube, there has really been an intersection of platforms, which I think is great. It allows people who are multi-talented or have multiple interests to be able to explore all of those and not be pigeonholed as one thing or the other. I think having a journalism background has helped me because I've played reporters in movies. And it gives me that knowledge of what that career is like. So playing Wendy Banks, for example, I'm not 
just straight to camera reading a prompter. I'm playing a human being whose job is a reporter. So I understood what her life would be like having had done that before. So it's helped me. And then in The Purge, I actually do play a reporter who's reading a prompter and talking about The Purge happening. So it has it has given me a leg in and giving me a way to kind of cross into that industry and be get some credits as an actor. Because once that credit's on your resume, people aren't asking you, like, what was your role? They just see that you got the credit. So Correct. It helps. Well, it's I've, all helped. I've also played reporters uh, in, in movies. I played a character who was named Fatter Than You Would Expect Reporter, uh, Chubbiest <laughs> Reporter in the it. World. <laughs> These are the official titles. <laughs> it was I've, on your card I've when you I've actually not tailoring. played those, but that would be the names of my characters if I did. Uh, and I would demand that that would be the name of it. <laughs> It would be handsomest reporter ever. Oh, interesting. Handsomely distracting. <laughs> <laughs> Distractingly handsome. Oh man. What was the what was the first job you ever did? Or the, uh, uh, the first or, acting job? Yeah, or what was the first thing you ever did as a kid when you were like, this is what I want to do? Oh man. As a kid, I remember when we were in grade school, I used to we used to t- get plays, like playbooks, and put them on for people at recess, a group of us. It was our—we were like a troupe. We, we were a comedy troupe. And one of the plays we did had a hat. Somebody wore a hat. It was a, about a duck. And at the end, you, the, the hat quacked. It was just our little gimmick, and the hat would make this noise. And we would go and do this for different classes, just on our own accord. And we'd make people watch us do these plays. And we did another one called The Pink Parasol. And I just loved having a captive audience and being the center of attention. I I'm one of five middle children. I'm one of seven kids, so there's five of us in the middle. So talk about middle child syndrome. I have it on a very magnified level. My dad um, was always that guy, too, that was wanting to make people laugh and engage. And so I got that from him, and I really do enjoy seeing people smile. And you said, hanging out with me is like having sunshine the rest of your day, which is just the biggest compliment I could ever receive. It is. That's what drives me is just— you know, making people smile. I also heard that show. Or I also heard that song "Hook" by Blues Traveler, which also <laughs> makes me happy. I almost used that in the intro instead. <laughs> I was like, ah, I didn't want to out myself as a Blues Traveler fan. I, I, love, I love Blues. Traveler. I do too. Yeah. So you grew up in Missouri. I did. I Guilty. lived in Missouri when I was very young, until uh, I was about nine. What part? Lee's. Well, we Lee's were in Columbia. We were in Columbia uh-huh, first because my dad was getting his uh, master's degree. At University of Missouri? At Mizzou. Yeah. And then we moved to Lee Summit. I know Lee Summit. And then I've I was in it. southeast Nebraska after right. that, which is still pretty close. Yeah, it is. We're borderline. We share Any, a border. Yeah. Uh, anything about growing up in that part of Missouri that uh, you think shaped kind of who you are as a performer? Um, I think it just... You know, being someone from a relatively small town, I mean, I'm from St. Louis, so it's a big city, but it just allows you to have those dreams of getting outside of there. And I'm so grateful for that Midwest upbringing of riding bikes and, you know, waiting for the streetlights to come on and knowing you go home, like having all that freedom and that green space and just being outdoors. But it allowed me to just fantasize about what it's like to live in California. It was so exotic and it gave me just a drive to get outside of the city I grew up in. And I can't say that anybody around me was really in the arts at all, so I didn't have much support as far as how to make that career happen. People saw it as like a good luck with that, figure that out, because we were very blue-collar. People that I knew had like salt of the earth, working with their hands kinds of jobs. So being an artistic person was a little bit strange. So I had to forge my own path, but that just gave me more drive to do it. That's very interesting that you say that since you didn't grow up in a place that has like entertainment, that allow you to have those dreams because I do know a lot of people that live out here 
and they never thought about it at all because they're already in it. Yeah. I think that might happen with our daughter. She's grown up. She was born in Beverly Hills. She might want to go to Nebraska and live just to understand what it's like to well, live somewhere else. Well, let's not get crazy. <laughs> I would fully support that if that's what she wanted. Nebraska is a fine state. Very I'm nice sure. people there. And the and as we mentioned on another episode, the inventor of the Reuben sandwich. Oh. So if she loves Reuben sandwiches, she'll probably just want to move to Nebraska. Her father does, so oh, Apple well, might not fall far from Omaha, the tree Nebraska. on that one. You and I were both broadcasting majors. I went yeah. to Nebraska because I was a big fan of Johnny Carson, Dick Cavett. So that was kind of the influence for me to go there. And I had cousins that were older that also went to broadcasting there. Wow, nice. Why did you go to Missouri? Well, because it was an in-state school. And and me because, too, same thing. Yeah, yeah, and it's one of the most world-renowned journalism programs in the world. So I was just lucky. It was proximity. It was great. And the fact that that school is so good— it just all made sense to me. And I wanted to study broadcasting because I knew it would, was going to help me in my long-term goal of becoming an actor. That was always in the back of my mind. But I did not want to spend $40,000 on a theater degree because it didn't seem practical to me. I come from a family that doesn't have much money. I put myself through school. I just paid off my last student loan, so I'm going to give myself a little nice. pat on the back for that. Um and so I knew if I'm going to be taking out this money and I'm going to put it into something, I want to have a tangible skill that I can use if there's periods in my acting career that are slower. Because I know that this is a marathon, not a sprint. You got to stay in it. You just got to stay in the city. And anybody who's successful knows that. So you have to have some way to support yourself. And I just swore to myself that when I moved here, I had waited tables my whole life before that, that I was not going to come here and wait tables because you can get very comfortable doing that. And that's what I would have done. I would have been a very successful waitress making good money, but I would not have had the drive to go as hard as I had to to work to get to where I am. Interesting. I always thought of broadcasting as a way to have more job opportunities too yeah. instead of just having being able to teach acting. So I think we have a similar thought process Absolutely. There. And you know how to edit. You know how to shoot. You know how to do all these things that I actually do use. I work with Spectrum News right now too doing feel-good stories. I shoot them myself. I edit them myself, which is amazing. When I have a daughter at home, I work from my home office. So it's really served me well. That's great. So a lesson, you know, that you don't have to be a theater major. There are other things. As long as you take what you learn and use it, right. it can all lead to our kind yeah. of hyping things. Have those skills in your back pocket. Who are some of your influences growing up? Oh, man. I mean, Mary Hart, speaking of entertainment tonight, I yeah. idolized her, loved her. Juliana Rancic, even. Brooke Burke. These mm -hmm. are women that I grew up loving. I, e! News was my my goal when I moved here because I grew up watching that um, and I got to work at E! News. So it was kind of like checking off the boxes. So um, those women were very influential to me. And then, of course, I grew up with the Bop magazine and, and yeah. all the teen idols like JTT, Jonathan Taylor Thomas, and <laughs> Absolutely. those those guys. So Leonardo DiCaprio, um, he's doing kind of well for himself, isn't he? He's, yeah. he's, doing, he's okay. doing okay. Yeah. So... You and uh, your husband, Drew Seeley, did a movie where you're both in it. Yes. We've called, actually— Is it Disrupted? It's called Disrupted, Tell yes. Tell me about that. Uh, such a fun, fun film. So a friend of ours, Andre Welch, is a fantastic writer. He's also a DP director. So this is his baby. He brought it to us. We both loved the script. Drew got an opportunity to play completely outside of anything that he would normally get cast in. He plays a guy that's on meth and is leading these guys on— Basically, like a drug bust gone wrong. And so Drew got to play this against type I character. I can't even imagine this. I know. Oh. He has like a neck tattoo and 
He's very disheveled. Which is permanent now, I saw. It is, yes. He, he, he goes all in. He's very <laughs> method. We call him Daniel Day-Lewis in our house. Thank you. D-D-J Jr. Um, <laughs> Daniel, D-D-L. Um, yeah, and then I got the chance to play the daughter of the lead character. And I got to have some really emotional, really great, deep content to work with, which was really fun and something I don't usually get to do because I do a lot of comedy and I do, you know, a lot of reporter stuff like that. So this was fun to really get to dig deep and go into some personal relationships and and kind of— it's cathartic too. To did get you guys to, have scenes together? We in did the movie? not have any scenes together. Because that would have been movie. a whole other level of yeah, just craziness. We right? have though. We did a movie called I Kissed a Vampire. Oh, which is just as it's it's a vampire musical. Where do I watch this? <laughs> I think you could see it. I know it's on. Some, I love vampires. Yes. I like you guys, and I like uh, musicals. I know it's available on some streaming platform. Okay. I couldn't tell you which one right now, but it's no, super I'm, fun, and we we are. We're a couple of vampires. <laughs> All right. First first listener that sends me a picture of like a DVD of I Kissed a Vampire, <laughs> I'll send you some breakfast swag. Yes, uh, do it. So before we go too much further, we just had a lovely breakfast at Vivian's Millennium Cafe. Yes, one of my favorite spots that we haven't been to in a long time. So thank you for breakfast. What, what did you have? I had the K-Bell sandwich, which is named after Kristen Bell. That's so crazy. I had no idea. I've seen that on the menu when I've been there before, and I didn't think of that at all. It totally I don't know why. resonated in my mind. I'm like, of course she comes here. It's right by Universal. It's right by, it's like in the little pocket where all the studios are. It's right by Warner Brothers. So it made sense to me. It was delicious. It had egg whites, cheddar cheese, avocado, and it was on rye bread. It was oh, fantastic. Good job, K Bell. I, I want had, a sandwich named after me. What would you, I know. if you had you a sandwich, what? what would it be? Oh, gosh. I'm turning the table. It would Sorry. probably have, it would have to have like, I grew up. Scrambled eggs, bacon, mayo, and toast sandwich. Mm. So something like that. I don't eat that much mayo anymore, but that's still, for me, is a childhood thing, and that's probably what I would have. Okay. Well, the K-Bell had mayo, but I got it without because I do not like mayonnaise at all. I hardly have it at all anymore, but I just I think I could deal with it if I had a sandwich named after me. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Now, I want to go back to this K-Bell sandwich because, for me, if I'm owning Vivian's and I have a sandwich named after Kristen Bell, I'm naming it the Kristen Bell Sandwich. (laughs) By the way, named after Kristen Bell, the TV star, Kristen Bell, Kristen Bell. Yeah. They kind of low-keyed it with the K-Bell. Exactly. But you figured it out. It's underground. They want to keep it super cool, you know? I had the Vivian Scramble. which looked delicious. It was really delicious. It had some mushrooms in it. That was the star of it to me. I had some mushrooms, tomatoes. I had some Swiss cheese Ooh, on top. Yeah, I actually, I for some things. reason, they don't usually have rye toast. Yeah. And I got the toast rye. And I got to say, really good. Yeah, I had the rye bread. I did not know that. I've never had rye as toast before. I've had it just on sandwiches. That's true. Very true. But on a it Reuben. Delicious. It's a staple on a Reuben. Yeah. I love I love Vivian's because they have such funny signs. And we'll put, as always, we'll put this all up on the on the website and on all of the social media things, but all these funny signs like world famous. Uh, there's just little jokes about the place. I'll, I'll, we'll put them up so you can there see There was one when we were leaving. It said, best breakfast in the world, some guy. Yeah. It was in quotes. Quoted by some guy, and then <laughs> yeah. it also said, also, foxy waitresses, like, in quotes, <laughs> I think. Yeah, that was one of the signs I was looking at. And I like that they have outdoor seating. Where yes. Outdoor, outdoor seating, where right. you're just outdoors, and outdoor covered seating and indoor seating. So I know. three different locales that you can <sighs> go there. So many options. And uh, every time I've been there, I've been there with Tommy Bechtold a few times. He's been on the show, and you you, you also know. Yes. Uh, and it's it's a great place. Everything there is good. It's hidden. It is. It's a hidden gem. So I like that it's hidden. 
but people should know more about it too because it's it's great. It for has sure. been there for a long time. But it's always crowded. Yeah. By the I, time we left, every table was full. I always talk to about also if it's like a play, place where I can create things or if I feel creative. Yes. I do feel creative there when I'm sitting outside. I don't know that it's a place I would go to sit down and write on my laptop. Right. Yeah. But I might go there for a lunch. A business meeting. Yeah. yeah, for sure. I've been there for a couple of different meetings. Yep. So Vivian's Millennium, Millennium Cafe. Cafe. Thank you for going to breakfast there with me. That Thank was, you for having that me. That was great. Absolutely. So we're going to go now into one of our segments that the the fans of the show are really enjoying, the breakfast Quick Bites, yeah. where we put questions up on social media. We put two things up against each other. We ask you, and we ask uh, all the fans of the show, and we see if they agree with you or if they don't. Amy Paffrath, you are at many times a reporter. You've also played a reporter on TV and on film. So who is the better reporter, Lois Lane from Superman or April O'Neil from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles? I got to go April O'Neil because she's a fellow redhead. Yeah. And I just feel an affinity toward the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I grew up loving that franchise. Those cartoons were a part of my upbringing. I had a crush on Michelangelo. So I'm all in on TMNT. All right. I think also for me, April is a little more powerful. Yeah. A little more willing to fight back. Lois was a strong woman, but wouldn't really fight back. Agreed. Yeah. So great. April O'Neil. Hopefully... You know, you guys pick the same one as Amy. Otherwise, you're just wrong. You're wrong. Amy, you've also done your fair share of horror-type movies. Yes. Uh, better horror baddie, <laughs> Jason Voorhees or Michael Myers? Michael Myers gives me the heebie-jeebies. Heebie-jeebies. I grew up watching the Halloween movies with my family. It was like a tradition in our house. We would watch them, and it kind of scarred me for life. I hate scary movies, which is funny because I've done so many. I'm terrified of horror movies. So that one really got me. It's just psychologically twisted. It felt like, you know, I don't know, like Michael Myers in the hospital. It made me never want to have to go to a hospital. (laughs) They both just seem so... Tall. Yeah, and ominous. And they don't talk. Right. One of them, correct? It's the fact that they're silent. Those like, Freddy's movie. saying this stuff, and you're like, oh, you're talking a little bit too right. much, Freddy. But Freddy's also in your dreams, which is messed up, because what do you do? You have to sleep at some point. But imagine Freddy's in your dreams, and he's not talking. Yeah, it's even And he's creepier. just staring at you. It's, it's even, even creepier. creepier. Yeah. You know, tone it down, Freddy. It's true. That's what we got to say. <laughs> you talk too much. So it went with Michael Meyer. Great. Michael Meyer. I accept that. Well, Amy, in the future... There will be a movie called The Amy Paffrath Story. <laughs> Who will play Amy Paffrath in that movie? That would be a very interesting movie to watch. Um, I would say it would be three women, Emma Stone, Margot Robbie, and Rachel McAdams. And they will all play me at different points in my life. Interesting. Yeah. I'd throw Samara Weaving in there, too. Ooh, okay. Yeah. I like that. Who walks? People confuse with Margot Robbie all the time yeah. now, too. <laughs> yeah. That's great. I like that. So, who's the younger? Who's the youngest and the middle and the older? I'd say Emma would play the youngest. Margot would play like middle, and Rachel McAdams will age her up. Yeah, yeah. I'm a big fan of Rachel McAdams. Me too. She's underrated. Oh my gosh, her work is amazing. She has such range. Did you see what was that movie? Disobedience. Yes. Holy cow! Really good. Very sexy. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) I was into it. Yeah, me too. If you would like to get more info on The Breakfast Show, such as pics of Amy Paffrath and I having breakfast at Vivian's Millennium Cafe, there are a bunch of ways to do that. You can hit up Breakfast on the Instagram page, at Breakfast Podcast. My personal Instagram and Twitter are at Scoops Pope. And you can also find me on my Facebook actor page under Brent Pope. Amy Paffrath, 
What is coming up for you? Anything you want to plug? And where can we find you on social media? Well, Disrupted, the film that Drew and I are both starring in, is going to come out soon, which I'm very excited about. There is another season of Drone Racing League coming out this year. All right. You can see me on ET Weekend every weekend. Um, and I also am doing Spectrum News Stories, so those can be seen on Spectrum News SoCal or on my YouTube channel at youtube.com slash Amy Pafrath TV. Great. Well, you're always so busy and you're always doing so many things. I was so happy that we could find time where our schedules collided so that we could be in the studio together. I've been wanting to have you on the show. Well, thank you. It's really nice to just get to reconnect with you, too. I haven't seen you in a long time. And let's hang out soon. We just got a brand new karaoke machine. So, you know, you should come over and help us try that out. I shouldn't have told you my secret weapon, but now you know. (laughs) There's others in there, too. So I'll surprise you. Maybe some Blues Traveler. Ooh. It is always so nice to catch up with you. Thank you again for coming in. And with that, we are at the end of another scintillating episode of Breakfast with Brent Pope, and we put it in the old to-go bag. See ya. See ya.